Adam, I uh, I had a bit of a uh, I called you out a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> oh, uh, because uh, well, you see, when I was down in Kentucky <laughs> last year, um, <laughs> you neglected to inform me about the insidious voices that can be heard sometimes in the in the woods by <laughs> things that should not be should not be seen uh in appalachia and uh dude you you took me out into them woods <laughs> like we went into the red river gorge we went out mm-hmm. to your like uh, out into the mountain behind your house <laughs> yeah and not once did you mention the spooky voices that or the, the mocking voices that can sometimes be heard um and like the, that whole like retinue of of um of local legend and folklore <laughs> Well, I've got two things to say to you. Well, I had to find that out with a trending, um, uh, or with a with a TikTok trend, re- in, in recently, where like <laughs> people are starting to talk about, um, the things in Appalachian woods that um you don't want to encounter, and if you do, you need to get out of them woods. <laughs> so, in my defense. Haven't you heard me talking about always carrying a gun when I go in the woods, regardless of what I'm doing? I I just thought that was like for animals, <laughs> not, not for well, that. But you know, I thought the voices I'm shooting it. But I, it's, I, you know, I grew up hearing those kind of things, and it just you know when it's entrenched in your, it's not like it comes up in day to day conversation. But those things are just you know in the corners of my mind. Like I forget to mention. You know, kind of like when we were in Bowling Green, and I forgot to mention. Oh yeah, John Carpenter uh, is from yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there, it's it's almost like setting up. Like it's like, well, I mean, you just have to come back. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't blow it all in one one go. You can't get the whole Appalachian experience. And uh, yeah, I mean, this you know, from somebody who spent spends a lot of time out in the woods during certain seasons hunting and stuff like that. You hear weird things all the time, and you know if you let your mind kind of run with it and all, it, it'll mess with you. But yeah, the the legends or variations that I've heard is if you know if you hear someone calling your name, don't respond to them, and things like that. It's so unsettling. Yeah, <laughs> it's like well, I'm dead uh, now, so I don't have to worry about that. Is that? I guess like so. Is it basically just like if you ignore it, it'll go away? Or like, if you don't acknowledge it, like that's the be- it's like it's like is it like a bully? <laughs> like, is yeah. that the tactics that you're supposed to use? <laughs> that's what I've always been told. Just ignore it, get away, kind of stuff like that. Don't don't look into it. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I guess it's a good thing I uh, I found a, a story for us to to cover for this week's episode uh, involving supposedly those <laughs> those voices or the things between the things behind those sounds. <laughs> And it's pretty good. Oh, hello, and welcome to Aldente Rigamortis. I'm Review Cultist. And I am apparently somebody who does not give his guests enough information. Hey, this is Adam from Real Point Exchange returning once again to this familiar imaginary couch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a very comfy couch for being uh, imaginary. Yeah. Made of styrofoam and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, uh, and and we're here to discuss those internet stories, most creepy and most pasta, and be critically silly doing it. And tonight we have, it sounds like a baby crying. So, it sounds like a baby crying is by Brandon Faircloth on creepypastastories.com, a new website for our show to uh, to be covering. And uh, yeah, I in the last few months um i have been kind of going down a rabbit hole of tiktok videos like short films uh twitter feeds of apparent because apparently it's trending right now or like there's a there's an, a, a renewed interest in the the folklore of appalachia and these uh these things that mock uh your voice or like they mock animal calls when it clearly not an animal and if you hear them, or if they even worse, if you hear your own vo- your own name being called out, you need to get the fuck off the trails and back home because <laughs> <laughs> something is stalking you now. Um, and again, like I've like I think basically since like old gods of Apple uh, since you since you Adam introduced me to like old gods of Appalachia, um, since Fallout seventy six, I've kind of got garnered this this interest in appalachia and its folklore um i probably since we started talking and hanging out <laughs> honestly <Yeah. laughs> uh since you are kind of an uh, uh you are quite the uh, the avid uh 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 the avid person uh, or the avid appalachian uh connoisseur yourself <laughs> so oh, you know thank being you, I... being from the foothills of <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've i try to be the advocate whenever i can it just always has felt like um this the people at least in the southern region of Appalachia and whatnot were we never have received the greatest uh, treatment by media and all. I mean, I'm looking at you, Deliverance, uh, or yeah. the Hills Have Eyes, or not yeah. that not the Hills Have Wrong Turn, excuse me. Oh but, yeah, Wrong Turn. Yeah, no, yeah, I was gonna say the Hills Have Eyes is out out west. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but again, similar kind of like unfortunate unfortunate stereotypes of like hillbillies and rednecks, like. Yeah. Again, it's a whole genre of horror movies that is a little not 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 as uh not as sensitive to uh to various uh, people with um uh uh class backgrounds with, yeah. with certain class backgrounds. So um and again, like we have the we have similar kind of stereotypes up here with uh more just with like more bush like kind of northern people and stuff like that in Ontario even or like up in the in our provinces. So yeah. It's, it's a thing. human nature to kind of have to make an other out of somebody. Yeah, or like um poke du- uh I guess I was going to say poke fun or, or I was going to like mix like poke fun and like talk down like poke down to uh <laughs> to uh to people who are in a in a different economic situation as the rest of us. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I've I've enjoyed your your interest in this and I enjoyed having an opportunity last year to give you a little taste of Appalachia. Apparently, I didn't tell you everything as 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 we prefaced here, but you know it's 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 really cool, and like I, I like seeing works like this, and you know, yeah, it 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 doesn't the story before we get into it. You know, it's not like it is uh, demonizing any like one group or person or or people or you know anything like that. This is just a nice little. Uh, I'm all by myself and it's creepy kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's focusing more on the actual like the the folkloric aspect or the or the, the the supernatural aspect. 
mm-hmm. um, of that's what's on the trails. Um, and it's also like because I have heard of the Appalachian Trail um, prior to even like reading creepypastas and stuff of that. And it was like, I didn't realize how extensive it was. I also didn't realize how extensive the mountain range was mm-hmm. um, or how old it is. Because again, that's something I recently learned is like <clears throat> the Appalachian Mountains have been situated on the earth since Pangea. <laughs> like where they are geologically or like like geographically, they have not changed <laughs> since the since the supercontinent on earth, which is just like floors me. <laughs> it's like maybe cool this. Spans yeah, or what is it Scotland or Ireland? Which way? Which it, it goes uh, so it spans out to like um I know there's uh uh the the mountains actually go under the the uh Atlantic to like New York or to like Newfoundland, of course, because of course it does. Um mm-hmm. and um what did I because I, f- I found it a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, didn't I? Like I yeah. brought that up. Um yeah. I swear I think it was Ireland or Scotland. I I can't remember. I think Ireland's what I'm leaning toward, but I will. Don't yeah. worry. We have yeah, the it technology. Was... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, you can you can find it online. It's it's yeah. There's a, a pretty interesting like if you look at like the geography of like how how the world has changed and like you see like where bits of the Appalachian Mountains have kind of like gone off and followed like the continents and then you see like where the the bulk of it is. And it's like it hasn't moved. <laughs> it truly is like a great old one. Um, but yeah, and like there's just so much. There's such a wealth of like folklore, like spooky folklore in the Appalachian uh, mountains. Um, and I think that's, uh, it's probably to the, I, I think a, a part of this trend or part of the, why this is like catching on again is, is probably because of like certain media things like, like fallout 76 and yeah. Um, and other, and other products that are, are diving into that kind of lore. There's also um, a big a renewed interest in like we're or musicians that are kind of coming from the, the region. I don't know if you're uh, well-versed with this artist, but uh one of them who, like, it, the cool thing is, like, I'm friends with his friends. I just have never met him. And all that is Tyler Childers. He's he's a, a local boy who's done well and has uh, had some commercial success uh, doing country music. Ah, I gotcha. Yeah. It was, yeah, because it's, like, usually, like, country and, like, bluegrass, correct? Or... Yeah. Bluegrass, yeah. yeah. It's, that's Kentucky's big staple there. Yeah. Yeah, my dad's a big fan of bluegrass. <laughs> um <laughs> But um, getting back to the story, <laughs> oh, yeah, back we, to this creep, we had a creep pasta. Oh man, the t- <laughs> the tangent are going across borders soon. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it sounds like a baby crying. Uh, I, fa- I I look basically. I did a, it was a quick. It was really just a search, like a Google search of Appalachian creepy pastas, and I stumbled upon this one in one of the links. Uh, and this website, creepypasta uh, which has like a plethora of other creep pastas on it. Um, so uh, before we get too far into anything, um, I know that's we're already like pretty far in. Um, let's do the initial like recommendations. This is kind of our new format, Adam. Okay. <laughs> since you since you were here, uh, we do like an initial recommend, like what we what we initially recommended the story, and then like by the at the end we kind of like kind of cement like yeah we do we still recommend or do we still not recommend like has has the conversation changed us <laughs> yeah so um yeah i'm gonna recommend this one <laughs> so i have no i have no faults in recommending it i i enjoyed it you know and we'll, we'll see where we lined up end up on the end of it after we all point out flaws and thoughts and stuff like that but i think regardless it's a good 
I think in a Word document, I copy paste, so I make notes. It's like maybe nine pages stories. It's, it's kind of lengthy yeah. for a creepy pasta, but it's it's worth the time invested. <laughs> nine pages is lengthy. <laughs> you you <laughs> sir, clearly haven't read uh, Sonic.exe the remake at fifty six pages. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not, sir. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm still I'm still survive, trying to I'm still trying to recover from that <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Um, but uh, yeah, so with that out of the way, let's uh, let's go into the rundown for it. Sounds like a baby crying. Okay. So Car- Carson, our narrator, um, went on his first trip on the Appalachian Trail a month ago. Uh, he mm-hmm. used he used to do a bit of hiking growing up with his dad, but this was the first time going on such a lengthy trek. Uh, he's yeah. researched it, he's prepped it, uh, and was only going to do a, a portion of the trail, 500 miles, as opposed to the full 200 or 2,200 miles. Um, I did not check to see what that is in kilometers, so um, I'm sorry, my Commonwealth brethren. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me actually just quickly double check that. <laughs> Two kilometers. I thought it'd be like it's three, so it'd be like. 800 kilometers maybe i'm guessing you're actually you actually that was a pretty good guess um it clocks in 500 miles is 804 kilometers give or take uh and then jesus 2200 miles is 3540 kilometers give or take yeah and Damn. i've been i've been near it and it's like i can even send you a picture if you want to make it uh make it the apple martin stuff like that it's it's yeah. it's very extensive and I think our story, our narrator Carson, who doesn't introduce himself to page five. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even him. We get it from the the, the from the other character in the story. <laughs> like yeah. the just we we don't even have an introduction from like Carson saying I'm Carson. It's just yeah. apparently like that that happened in the interim. <laughs> yeah, that that was one of the one of the two glowing flaws from the first paragraph. But I'm assuming he's starting from like North Carolina. And he's supposed oh. to be basically walking his way up to a point in Virginia. Well, it start, It says that uh, he started in Springer, Georgia, or the Springer Mountains in Georgia. Oh, Springer Mountain, Georgia. Okay, so yeah. yeah and then sorry. they're next to each other. Yeah, and then he was going to try and reach the Sh- uh, Shenandoah Valley in Virginia uh, within two months. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. And his math sucks. I want to just go ahead and point that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I sat and figured it up. Like, so he's, by the way, let me kind of backtrack a bit. So he's wanting to do this. Uh, him and his dad hiked a lot. What yeah. you learn later on in the story is that he, he was doing this in memoriam to his father who apparently passed away. But that's but, just not mentioned in the very beginning. Yeah, that that's mentioned at the very end of the story. And I was like, wait. I actually I went back up to the top. I was like, did, I, did he actually say that this was because his dad died or something? It's like, no, yeah. it, it's just random like at oh by the way i was doing this whole thing because my dad uh like to to remember my dad it's like you didn't say that you you didn't remember your dad when you were telling us about this (laughs) so that does suck now he starts out he says like so by january you know he's been prepping trying to build up his salmon he has everything in place he has permits and gear and etc etc and he mentions that he needs to be done by may because he's starting a new job yeah so i don't know now 
I don't Listen, think he started in January. I think you start. I think he started prepping in January. Yeah, I, I'm assuming he left in March. Yeah, or you know, close. But now you know Georgia is more. Um, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. Like, we don't have the snow, obviously, that you get as you <laughs> sit there and scoff at me from the great white north. But uh, like, you're still taking off at the tail end of winter or at least right before spring and all that so it's and you're starting out south and you're going north so i mean you're starting out in better weather and you know ideally if you make it up a month like i don't think that's necessarily a bad idea just to kind of you know you're going to the worst area as it's getting better but he he does say that uh he's wanting to do it 500 miles he's wanting to go 500 miles and he wants to get there by may yeah uh I think my first big hang up here is he is he's going through this, he goes, you know, but my work wasn't but it wasn't just my work schedule that had fallen into place. Everything seemed like it was working out for me to do the hike. Almost like the universe was pushing me toward it. You know, apparently a dad died and pushed him toward it, et cetera, et cetera. So one day in early March, here we go, found it. I put my pack on, locked the car, and headed out. So that's the first part that I say I actually get a little kind of persnickety in my um, comments. I mean, I write in my notes here. So you just left your car in a parking lot for two months. Yeah. Yeah. Get someone to drop you off, dumbass. Yeah. This isn't the Blair Witch Project where like, they just like, yeah, I'm just going to park my car off to the side of the woods and just go off into the woods. It's not going to be there when you get back. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. someone doesn't steal it, it will be impounded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, God, now, uh, you get, yeah, uh, you get a little bit of an unreliable narrator, or like I don't think like he's imagining things. But and this would be the last thing I speak about before I really cross the floor here. He talks about the first day, said it was cool. No shit, uh, the scenery beautiful. He was excited uh, to get away, but he only made eight miles that first yeah. day. Now you know, granted, that's it's not like eight miles, like a track like a level ground. So, you know, eight miles, the average, I looked this up because this is how I am mm-hmm. is uh, the average uh, speed per hour for uh, hiking is between two and two and a half miles, which would be two miles would be like 3.2 kilometers for you heathens. And, <laughs> uh, you know, so he basically walked for about four hours, maybe. And something like that. So yeah. doing the math, uh, if he was, if he was going, um, you know, eight miles a day, he is not going to hit his May time. Like, yeah, he, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I, in fact, uh, by my my figures that I don't remember the exact number, it's in that low four hundred miles. If he walked eight miles a day, you know. It would, yeah. It's it's not. Um, gonna, he's not gonna make it. it. W- he'd 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 almost make it. Apparently, uh, well, because if he's going like if he's going a steady eight miles a day, and like it's two months, so like, th- give or take 30, 30 days in a month, so like sixty, yeah. he'd make he'd make about four hundred and eighty miles. Yeah, which I mean, he's coming up twenty twenty miles short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he might be a little late for his for his for, for his uh, new job. <laughs> yeah. He's having a little bit of problems there. Yeah, I think he was expecting to be able to like, um, uh, 
get a few more miles uh, each day, I think, is what he was hoping for. But Personally, I'd leave a little wiggle room for in case something happens. But yeah, so the, I yeah. mean, it's still, it's still it's good. It's just uh, th- that's just kind of stuck out to me. Fair. Uh, well, um, things things take a turn about two weeks later uh, during his mm-hmm. trek uh, when when the rains come. Um, uh, so he starts seeking, trying to seek shelter because it's getting miserable. Uh, and uh, he finds um, one of those buildings that people put out there for like, I guess, like the National Woods or um, like the infrastructure, the, the National Park in- infrastructure puts out there um, like a like sort of almost like a. a it's four, like three, three of the walls are wood. There's a roof. And then there's like a tarp on the, on the fourth mm-hmm. wall. Yeah. Um, And at first he's very cautious because he doesn't want to deal with staying, like staying the same in the same location as like other strangers. Um, But fortunately for him, he, he opens up the tarp and finds that there's nobody else in this, in this shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, That changes uh, after he's uh, resting and drying off uh, and he's woken up by, a man named Tony who comes in and while friendly and polite seems to be a bit off to Carson. Um, like he's sketchy for about something, yeah. uh, but he's clearly well, like a well, um, a well-traveled guy. Um, and, uh, that night, um, Tony asks if Carson has heard any strange sounds, uh, on his trek, uh, specifically a baby crying. and. That's when we get uh, a story from Tony as he reveals that two days ago uh, he heard a human baby crying in the woods, not merely an animal call that sounded like a baby, which, uh, as he says, he's a pretty seasoned outdoorsman. Like he kind of gives us a little bit of backstory for him. Um, and in fact, this is like his like third trick, uh, his, his third trip and actually his first trip going south. And he's just come down from Maine. Uh, so like the other, like the, the, the far north end of the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Um, and so being a, uh, like being this kind of like, like knowledgeable about the woods and like what animal calls are and stuff like that, uh, he feels pretty, uh, he, he decides to go investigate this baby crying, um, thinking it might be somebody like somebody's kid that's either like been left, left out there in the woods or, or lost. Um, uh, and that's when he finds the sound leads him to a patch of seemingly dead trees and bitter winds mm-hmm. and some kind of strange child-sized humanoid figure with glowing yellow eyes and a dark void for a head. Um, that was the source of the baby crying. Um, and Tony manages to escape this creature, but the next night the creature catches up to him and marks him by licking the back of his knee. Um, now, Tony is here in uh, in the shelter with Carson and is scared to like leave and uh, fears that he's being hunted by this thing and begs Carson to let him stay in the shelter for like, at least until first light, which Carson kind of honestly, like reasonably hesitantly agrees. <laughs> Yeah. Like not the best in first impression of a person when you get told that kind of a story. Um, the next morning, uh, Tony, uh, Tony or uh, Carson wakes up. Um, he wasn't planning on on uh, on staying on on falling asleep, but it, it, sleep just took him over the night, 
and uh, Tony is gone, but his stuff is all there. And it looks like he walked outside and then was grabbed and dragged into the woods. Um, Carson immediately calls for help with his phone and decides against continuing his trip. Uh, now he's in his new apartment uh, in the seemingly safe uh, or in the seemingly safety of human society. But Carson is caught unawares uh, the night before uh, him, like writing all this down um, by something under his bed that grabs him and licks the back of his knee before it flees through his apartment window. Um, the creepiest no, part. Oh, sorry. I was. I don't mean to be too graphic and all that, but it wouldn't want to lick the back of my legs if it if it jerked me down as I got out of bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, oh man. <laughs> I I like I, we all have like that kind of fear, right? Like as a kid, yeah. or like where like going like when you put your uh put your feet down, you just like you we've all seen those movies where like somebody's under the bed and just grabs you. Yeah, pet cemetery. Yeah, I've seen that. I, I, pet, I like yeah, my cute. I, I was. I was thinking, un, uh, honestly, the one that, that always got me as a kid was uh, Idle Hands mm-hmm. and the parents in the, or the mother in that one, where, like, she tries to, like, run for the, like, she's, like, the first kill, or the yeah. initial kill of the movie. Um, they, they, she tries to, like, run out of her, off her bed, and the thing grabs her and just drags her underneath the, uh, the bed before, like, you get, like, a blood spray. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, the creepiest part of all this, if it could get creepier, is the creature seems to have come through the front door as if Carson unlocked the door and opened it for it, letting it in. Um, So he's recounting this story, fearing that the creature is going to return and that he's going to end up like Tony did. And that's where the story ends. We sort of left off of that. So, yeah. It's his implication that Tony probably got up for some reason, but like, you know, probably in a dead sleep and walked away that morning or sometime during the night and the thing got him. And then it, it repeats the, the process here. Yeah, I don't it, understand why it's, it's marking him. If it followed him to his damn house. Like, well, I, I think oh, that's, that's true. I, I was just thinking, I, yeah, I thought it was like, Oh, cause like, it's like, it's marking him. with some kind of like preternatural ability, but it's like, well, yeah. How did, how did it follow him? <laughs> Why did it need to lick him? If it, maybe it's just like it's a taste. I don't know. Like maybe it likes to like it likes to get a taste before it, it goes in for the kill. I think I think it would have been better, better done if he when he woke up that morning his pants oh. were shredded, and and he had like a weird like feeling on the back of his ne- uh, on the back of his uh, his knee. Yeah, yeah, like a rash or something like that that just wouldn't go away after the trip. And they say it's eczema or some shit like that. And, you know. Yeah. Or like, because I, I think in the story, um, Tony says that like, there's nothing there, but he can feel it. Like, oh, like almost like a, like dirt that won't wash away. It's like, yeah, well, it's almost like, like just having like a patch of like nerve damage <laughs> underneath yeah. your, uh, or like a, a fuzzy feeling, like almost like, uh, like you're somehow the back of your knee is falling asleep kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is uh, uh, that is it. Sounds like a baby crying. Um, and uh, I'm just gonna hop into here. I'm sorry, Adam. We're gonna we're doing a we're doing a mini version of this ep- of this section of our of our show. Okay. Um, everyone tolerates the grammar inquisitions at this point. Um, so yeah, I've got two that I I kind of 
uh, latched onto while I was reading the story. Okay, you go uh, first. Okay. Told myself I was to up the challenge. So when I first read that, I was like, okay, that's clearly like it should be like I was up to the challenge. But then I'd like keep reading it and it's like, no, no, I think actually it it works as it is. Um, this might be a nitpick. I'm just like, told myself I was up to the challenge or told myself I was to up the challenge. I, I don't think you're nitpicking. <laughs> it's the point gets across, but it's not clear. And if you're, you're running into that kind of problem, uh, it just, it, there's, it feels like an omission of a pronoun or, you know, or something like that. Yeah. It just seemed like, yeah, it, it just seems like the way it's written is, isn't like, it, it doesn't, f- I don't know if this is a correct way. It doesn't flow well, like as you're reading it, like it, it like seems like, it seems like there's something wrong with it. And then like, even when you go back and you read, it's like, no, that actually kind of like that. You have to like make excuses, I guess <laughs> yeah, to make it work. But yeah. And he uses like, I perfectly throughout the course of it. I got to my tent. I passed. I figured, why couldn't you say I was up to the challenge or something like that? Yeah, like I was to up the challenge. I told myself I was to up the challenge. Like, um, yeah, I think I think I, I feel like it should have been I was up to the challenge rather than I was because like to up the challenge was like I'm going to increase the challenge. Like that's yeah. what I that's where I was thinking. Like, oh, maybe it does make sense. But yeah. I think to me, like it, it should be um, the 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 two and the up should switch spots, basically. <laughs> well, him pat- um, eating two two things of ramen in one in his first <laughs> night there was up in the challenge. He wasn't. He was yeah. gonna run out of food. Like, oh my god, poker. yeah, yeah. Well, it's like he had like it, the planning was pretty was was interesting because like his mom's like mailing him uh, care packages basically yeah. like every like uh, like um, at post offices along the way. And he figures he'll be able to get to them within a week of them arriving. So, um, which for I don't I don't know if the post office is the same as us, but I mean that makes sense to us because like usually there's like a seven day or so holding period at post offices. So yeah. Um, but uh, the the other the other grammar inquisition thing I have here is more of like um, uh, so the the quote I I, I used is like um, okay Tony, well. It seems like you've got more to say. So tell me what you, what happened. And then it immediately goes into um, the I've been hiking for over 30 years. Yeah. But there's no it, there's no quotations. There's to no quotations. That's, that's the same thing I marked. Yeah. Like, and it's weird because I feel like there should either be quotations or there should be a, a um, like some kind of dividing space or like a horizontal line to like tell us as a reader that there, this is going into a story that now Tony is telling us because even at the end of Tony's story, it skips a line to like, give us a break before it, it jumps into the present day. There's, there's no transition. It's just yeah. a jarring shift. <laughs> yeah. <And> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If this was a book that then it would immediately, if you immediately went to chapter two, mm-hmm. then, and it began with that, then you know, it's easy. It's just a moment when you're, it's, it's just yeah, be a chapter break. Like in this, in the, if this car was a vehicle, this is where you're grinding gears between first and second <laughs> gear, just forcing that thing along. Yeah. All right. I'm glad. I, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's the, uh, it just, and it's, it's a simple, it, it like fix. You just got to add like a space there, but yeah. yeah. And, um, 
And it makes it worse is like this is well written throughout the course of everything else. It's oh, just it yeah. it's overlooked. I mean, it's knowledgeable. Uh, I didn't know. I knew the owls and bobcats can sometimes be mistook for babies or, yeah. or or women. No, I didn't know about porcupines. I mean, I've been out in the woods I, and that, heard bobcats. That, yeah, I I've watched enough creepy forest stuff thanks to the four one one and other like again. I think the four one one is really what got me in, into like the forest be scary yo mm-hmm. <laughs> um like that attraction to that fear <laughs> i have of the woods but like yeah. yeah like i know about bob bobcats um like they sound like screaming women um i wasn't entirely sure about owls but it makes sense and the porcupines really got me <laughs> uh, uh that one that one was a new one on me but like yeah the story is is very well it seems like it's very well researched like the care and the characters aren't from derpland they're mm-hmm. they're they're preparing it's like we did an episode we did a story a while back about a guy just going on a on a hike out in the in like the norwe the norwe uh the norwegian forests uh with like barely any kind of prep he just like went out into the woods into the snow and stuff like that's like you're gonna die <laughs> <laughs> um but like this character like is intelligent he knows he's prepped himself like it made sense and then it's the supernatural element that killed or that, that, uh, that is, that is the, the hazard, not his own stupidity. Um, so the story seems really well written and it's like, and it's, it, like I said, like I only have two grammar inquisitions that I like really care that, that like I latched onto. So, um, it's well written in that regard as well, but it's just these little, little things. (laughs) Pocket knives, one word. He made it too. Is it? That was it. I noticed that. Pocket, <laughs> and they got me. Uh, it's one word in the story. It's supposed. It, it, all right, it's, it's reaching down, in down, uh, reaching down to my pocket. <laughs> I patted the pocket knife. Uh, I, according to Microsoft, uh, pocket knife is one word. Okay. So I, yeah, I'll even copy paste all these things out so I can write no, make notes in the margin, and yeah. it, it'll pick up things like, I mean, there, that was one of the the glaring underlined marks, um, uh, you know, verb tense. There, I, I noticed, um, like you know, two things. I uh, no great athlete outdoor. This is like second paragraph. I found repeated most were travel light and plan ahead. And I mean, you could debatably say like we're traveling light and planning ahead, or or you know something like that. At least he was consistent in his. He didn't shift all the time. It just yeah. There's this. It's there's just a couple of conventions that people could like nitpick if it, if they were really worried about it. Uh, you know, he he got it. Crawling should have been like it wasn't long before I was crawling. Into my bag, into my bag, and falling asleep. Um, should have been crawled. Like just like I said, minor, like you know, run it through spell check and all that. And obviously, it has. But yeah, this has clearly been like this is not the first like round of editing. Like this isn't the first draft. This isn't even probably like the second round of editing. This clearly has been edited. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah. Um. Do you have anything else for grammar acquisition? No, I mean it's, it was. This is the most flawless work you've sent my way yet. <laughs> well, I we we've raised the bar, unfortunately. Now, 
um but uh yeah I, I suppose we'll move on to actual thoughts then like our um the actual like kind of notes uh we took while we're reading the story okay. right. um, i jumped ahead so you, yeah, it, it, yeah it, it's fine it's <laughs> it, it, we we also sometimes do that on the show so um so <laughs> it's it's no big um i'm gonna start with this quote here though um there was no sign of a person or their stuff or even wet spots like someone had recently left to go back into the rain. I looked at the tarp closer. It didn't look sun bleached or worn, and I didn't know why someone would leave it behind if it had been put up by a passing hiker. But either way, I was grateful for the shelter and the solitude. And then Carson was eaten by a Gru. I mean, a gardener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, honestly, like, I, I just this little part just like prompted this idea is like, I really love to see a, a game or a story in the set in the modern day dealing with a modern day variant of a Gardenelle, which yeah. is this, um, I don't know if it's specifically Appalachian, but it, there, it's a fearsome critter or like a, it's a, it's a North American folklore monster um, that mimics itself as a cabin, usually covered in vines and foliage. And it, so it can devour its prey people as they go through its door and uh or or slash mouth unassuming uh and then like locks them in and starts digesting them um and i just think that would be like really like really fun to like like some campers are going missing in the woods and like no one suspects the uh the 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 little remote um uh hiking shelters (laughs) that is actually uh, like a one of these like mimics basically yeah it does seem really fortuitous that he comes across that. My complaint prior to that was uh, that they should have explained a little bit more. It becomes clear pretty soon, but there's even when he's it's starting, so it's starting to come down. He realizes that his feet are getting wet, and that's where you're going to, you know, Lord Trenchfoot, kind of yeah. like bad things are going to happen. So he definitely needs to dry his shoes out and just, you know, not soldier on. And he's looking for a way out. And he goes, still, I didn't want to push my feet too far without drying them out. So I started looking for blue blazes, which that nice. Yeah, that threw me off. I I guessed what they were, but I was like, I hope it does explain what those are. <laughs> and it, it does kind of eventually tell you like they're basically like trail markers. Yeah, I think but, markers yeah. would have been better than just using the vernacular of somebody familiar with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, that was yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like I think, like a little bit of explanation for like certain things would have like can go a long way when it comes to some certain stories, like for context. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing I have here is uh, the only thing scary about nature is not understanding it. There's never been something I experienced that I couldn't figure out a reasonable explanation for. And the tall tales are just that bullshit used to scare kids or pass a slow night. I've even, I've even heard things that sound like babies before bobcats and some barn owls do. So do porcupines, if you believe it, but if you know what you to listen for, if, but if you know what to listen for, you can tell the difference. That difference is what I was listening for. When I heard the cry to, uh, when I heard the crying start two nights ago. Okay. So 
I was as I was reading the story, I was like, is this just gonna end up be like before it even got like me to like a bobcat thing and they're talking about the baby crying? I was like, we like sort of like what we brought up earlier. It's like, is this just gonna be a story about a bobcat stalking a character? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because like again, I knew that like bit of bit of trivia. Uh, and I'm I'm happy that the story itself does try to bring these rationales to the table, only to flip that table <laughs> and reveal something uh, more blatantly supernatural is the cause. Yeah, because like you always want like you y- you want to see that in a story like what you want to see the characters be like try and like rationalize try and be intelligent before their entire view of reality is is shifted when confronted with something unnatural. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> the biggest, probably quite possibly, like aside from the baby crying, this is probably one of the biggest like red flags and like nope moments for me. Uh, if I was in the woods and if I was in this guy's shoes, um, the child was still crying, and I could tell I was getting closer, closer until I was there. It was a field of bare winter trees that should have had leaves by now, but somehow didn't. Yeah, that is. For me, that is a real big red flag. If I like stumble upon, if I'm like following a baby crying and I stumble into a glen of just like barren trees, I'm just like, nope, <laughs> that's a trap. I've seen far too many horror movies <laughs> and read far too many horror stories. This is the this is the blasted heath, and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you have anything to comment on that or no? <laughs> well, a couple things. Okay. Uh, first off, I have mentioned the fact that I, you know, about preparing yourself when you go outside in the woods yep. and stuff like that. And guys, like there's bears, there's snakes, there's all kinds of shit. And uh, so, like, but he's got this pocket knife, which I'm assuming it's one of these like folding kind of blades, which. As you know, I carry I, I have it in my pocket right now, and I always have it in my pocket. That's just I always carried a pocket knife in the lighter. But never know when a random Swede's gonna show up. <laughs> yeah, it's, I gotta keep getting those free books from Free League, man. That's how you do it. But he got, he mentions it several times, like reaching, like as he was um, uh, approaching the uh, clearing, yeah, where or the little shelter that was erected, which mm-hmm. in my fact. To me, it just seems like it was there. Like, we're further oh, yeah. away from the, the dead area. It just coincidentally was there. Like, part of me wants to think it was chumming people in and stuff like that. It's just somebody had left their, their stuff up and had left. But, um, he yeah, goes, I kind I, of, sorry, uh, regarding, please like, continue. I, yeah, no, I, I just, I kind of assumed that the, uh, the shelter was the way he describes it. It doesn't say, like, I think maybe if it described it as like being like a, a like a lean to kind of like shelter yeah. or like something more makeshift, I because like, in my head it wasn't so much a makeshift thing as it was something that was constructed by like rangers. The, the tarp or, was the only thing that was additional. Yeah. Because um, otherwise, it just seemed like again like one of those like sh- those like roofed uh, or like a in, like partially enclosed like gazebo or like or. Um, not gazebo, but like an enclosed, like a uh, like a roofed um, shelter, right? Yeah, something just something small to yeah. give you a break. And they do have those kind of things along those longer trails and even like little cabin areas. But he patted the pocket knife there, so I didn't know how much uh, know how much use it would really be if some maniac hyper decided to jump at me. So the familiar shape comforted me. 
and I forced a smile as I pushed back the tarp and found no one. It's like, Jesus, like, for starters, like, the pocket knife pops up again. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever he's talking to the... Um, t- uh, Tony. Tony. Yeah. Tony. Uh, he, uh, when he gets woken up, he, again, I think there's another reference of him having a pocket knife. But that was, like I said, at this, like... Yeah, like, th- there's there's stranger danger. And then there's paranoia. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like he's like, for a guy who's like, it's like, what, like, did you really think that you were going to be alone on the Appalachian trail? <laughs> like, yeah. like it's, it's a, it's a public trail. I assume <laughs> Yeah. Um, that hundreds upon thousands of Americans go on, probably not even not Americans go uh, like hike up every year. <laughs> like yeah. you're not going to be the only one hiking that trail. <laughs> It it just, it seems like projection. So here's the actual section. Yeah. Uh, where he meets Tony. Goes. I, I promise I'm a nice guy. I just <laughs> his smile faltered. I just don't want to be out in the dark. Is all swallowing. I gave him a nod. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Sure. Come on in. There's plenty of room. And there was. We could easily fit eight or ten people in the space if we sat close and it was, I mean, and as it was, he was able to settle far enough away that we still had to raise our voices to be heard over the pounding rain. And then it goes on about Tony. He, bre- he breaks out like a little, a little camp stove, which is additional weight that, you know, he acknowledges that, you know, it's probably not good for the trip, but he just likes the creature comforts of it. It was strange. He was friendly and seemed fairly easy going on the surface. But there was also a skittish tension to him that he couldn't quite hide. And I put in here, project much narrator, because I wonder how fucking crazy he looked in yeah. there. The uh, pony. Like chewing on that dry ramen. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like some yeah. kind of godless heathen. I, I did have this in my notes and I took it out because it was like, ah, it's like, maybe that's not as bad. It was like, no, okay. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad, glad you brought it up because like when I first read it, I was like, man, this like Carson or Nair at the time, because we didn't know who that his name was Carson. Like mm-hmm. Nair's a little, uh, just a, just a wee bit, uh, paranoid and like antisocial. Yeah. That's coming from the guy who's sitting there telling you like when he, if, when he goes out in the woods, he usually has a gun or something. Of course, I mentioned snakes. That's the main thing I carry it for. Not that I go out hunting for snakes, but I have a thirty-eight that has snake shot in it, which is kind of like, you know, like a shotgun, essentially like a spray. Because you never know when you're going to be walking and you're right on top of them, as you could tell when we were driving around. Yeah, the 20 minutes into, into me arriving, uh, we we go and get some, uh, get some of that... Uh, uh, yeah, AL-8. And on the drive over to the convenience store we come across a fucking rattlesnake. <laughs> yeah. I swerved to miss it. The man, the he man kind of who, did not. <laughs> no, he did not. And then we stopped on the way home and saw it right on his tail. Like, good. Oh, here's yeah. something else. Grammar oh. inquisition. I put in my notes. Okay. So after he finds Tony, you, uh, and he like kind of munching on stuff, he goes rooting around in my pack. I found a bar to eat. Of soap? What the fuck is a, a bar? <laughs> I, I mean, bar? I, I can assume. I mean, I know what assuming means. It makes an ass of you and me. But, <laughs> um, but like, I, I can assume that it was probably like a granola bar or like a or like a 
maybe even a chocolate bar if the guy like i assume yeah. the character is like competent enough to bring granola bars <laughs> yeah yeah um, that yeah. is uh, that was just i mean a little omission I mean, yeah. it could it could have been that it could have been a, a chunk of dry ramen for all we know but it was yeah. just you just need a little bit more description because I th- when I hear bar, I think bar of soap first. Okay. And then I kind of went through like, okay, it could be like, you know, a granola bar or something like that. But overall, I mean, that was cool. Um, certain things just don't seem to add up to me. Now, I'm not necessarily worried about the, the dead trees that you mentioned beforehand because you're not aware of this. But... 14 states along the Appalachian Trail, uh, there was a problem called the Emerald Ash Borer, which basically is a bug oh. that has killed all of uh, a lot of the ash trees. So, yeah, my family is honestly, as we speak right now, they are driving down to the Smoky Mountains. They have left me here at the house, I would like to note. <laughs> they have left me here so that they could take their grandmother and they can have a girl's day out, which is totally fine. But... If you go down to even, you know, in the Gatlinburg, P- uh, Pigeon Forge, Smoky Mountain region and stuff like that, and you get on high elevation, and I probably have shown you pictures that you can see the dead trees, like there are dead trees where these ashes were killed by bugs. And it's just, yeah. I mean, we don't have them anymore. We just have dead trees standing in their spot. Now, a whole clearing of them, I mean, I guess it could happen, but it... It definitely is ominous, but I, it, it wasn't the, and I knew what the author was intending to do with that, but it, I could easily dismiss it as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, 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 they're trying to invoke like a, like some kind of like, there's some kind of sallow ground or like, this is unholy ground kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or something is, something is not right about this, this part of the, this patch of land. It's like, um, if you're to cut, we, we used to have some really gnarly thick, black trees in the woods that reminded us of uh hexus from mm-hmm. fern gully like yeah. legitimately like, we'd walk out into the woods behind our development back when there those trails were still around before the development grew a bit and like we knew there were there were little like glens or little like grottos that have like that giant gnarled black tree in the center and just like oh yeah that tree is evil <laughs> Mm-hmm. That tree's definitely like got something buried under it. <laughs> like that's definitely defending, like like keeping something at bay. <laughs> and why did it? Why was that there? And you would think it would be his hunting ground, and then it follows him back to Georgia or wherever he took off from, stuff like yeah. that too. Well, that, just well, weird. that also kind of. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, that's it. Uh, well, I mean that also kind of stems again from what I've heard of like what these what the things in app in on the Appalachian Trail do. Um, mm-hmm. when they when they start stalking you, like they do follow you home. Um, especially, well, especially if you find out that, well, if if they know what your name is, then like they yeah. can they can like latch onto you. Oh, you mean Carson? Yeah, yeah. So, and actually, Tony kind of like I wonder, like it made me wonder actually. It was like, did Tony just fucking doom Carson by like saying his name aloud? And it, how did it learn Tony's name? Did he go here, baby? He's like Tony. And <laughs> just kind of keeps walking. Oh, man. I don't... Yeah, like that. It's or it's just like, what if, like, maybe, like, if we'd had a like a like a line maybe during Tony's story, it's like, uh, where he like said a al- like I said aloud, like as I got to the um the uh the the uh the patch of of dead trees, like Tony, what have you gotten yourself into? <laughs> like mm-hmm. 
even that would have like made like, like oh shit he said his name in the woods <laughs> near one of these things yeah it would have it would I, at the very least it would have like helped like kind of uh maybe connect this to like um the that that set of um of folklore yeah well, kudos to the creature description that was awesome actually that's a good segue to what i have next <laughs> um <laughs> uh, it, which is the creature's description um it in some ways it looked like a child not a baby, but a child of maybe 12 or so in size and length of limb. But its skin was scaly and rough, like that of a desert lizard or the bark of a tree. And as it crawled down to the bottom, I saw that skin, I saw that skin shift as though it was mimicking whatever was close by. Its fingers and toes were long and spindly, ending with flat pads, with hooked or with hooked claws twisted out of them like a punishment and its head its head was just darkness and those damn yellow eyes you need to understand what i'm saying not that i couldn't see its head well i could see it just as fine or i could see it just fine as it began to crawl toward me i'm telling you it had no damn head at all just glowing eyes and a yawning or and that yawning darkness that would let me that would let out the terrible wail that had drawn me in even terrified watching it dig up the earth as it came closer i found it hard to resist that cry i don't know that i could have at all if i hadn't gotten so caught up in staring into that wailing black hole it called a face because i could see something in there after all teeth so many goddamn teeth i just fucking love this description yeah. <laughs> it's it's so unearthly yet earthy like there's aspects of it that are wholly alien and like cosmic horror-esque like the the, the head obviously and such but uh, yet it seems like it's well adapted to hunting in the forest and luring prey like with that same description, like it, like it, it's able to mimic itself in its in this environment. Um, it is this like tiny, like kind of tiny spindly creature. Um, and then there's just this like black hole and with yellow eyes and too many teeth in like deeper in the maw of of oblivion, basically. Um, and it gets even creepier with the, cause like later on in the, in the story, or in, I think uh, like the next encounter he has with it is this vibrant purple tongue coming out of the void visage yeah. um, to lick his, to lick the back of his tongue, uh, lick the back of his, uh, his knee. And it's just, it's just such a cool idea of like having this like cloud of darkness or like just this, pla- this black hole or void uh, in place of where the head should be. Um, but then also have like anatomically like anatomical parts uh, as well there, like the yellow eyes. And like I looked on into the cloud of darkness and saw teeth, so many goddamn teeth. It's just such a good line. <laughs> um and I mean I've maybe it's because I'm also attracted to that kind of descriptor for a monster, because I've I've used that monster or like a, that similar description for a monster in a game I ran for RPX. And also mm-hmm. our sister podcast, One Let's Die, the yeah. Ontario Mocking Spider, and the hum- the transformed humans that they turn into their like brood queens. They have that kind of like they're they're like like spider like bodies and some of that, but then their heads are just these like 
these orbs, these clouds of shadow. Um, and like the only thing that you can see through the, through the darkness is just these like glowing spider eyes. So again, it's just such a, it's a good alien descriptor for, yeah. for, for a creature. So. I really love when the, uh, so as we mentioned it hiding under the bed and it's almost yeah. like a moment from predator or something like that. When you, when they notice the red marker on them and it's like, huh? And then, you know, they get shot by the Predator's weapon and all that. Like, he sticks his feet down under a bed, oh, looks down, sees yeah. that yellow glow. And then... Why can't uh, I see my feet so well? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like when it said that, it's like I, could, like, I was wondering why I could see my feet and ankles so well. It's like, why they were so well lit? And then it's like, what was that yellow glow coming from? And then it's like, oh, shit, it's under his bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, was, that was well done. And so many well done things. And... yeah. Yeah, the 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 void of a face and all that. I I like the strangeness of it. It wasn't. I don't know. It was great. Uh, I, I I'm just gushing over that. I think yeah. that whenever I create a creature, you know, taking that kind of approach or elaborating on it would be a definite good idea. So you know, breathe some new life. If it had been like a little yeah. rat faced, uh, uh, you know. The hell, the hell monkeys or whatever they call them on the Appalachian Trail, the that cryptid creature. Oh yeah, the the howl or the um. The howlers are real, but it's uh, <laughs> devil monkeys. Oh okay, <laughs> I'm not I'm not familiar with the devil monkeys. You sent me the link. Have I? Yes. Wait, wait. <laughs> or I sent you the link. I apologize. Back on April 21st, sir. Oh, shit. Devil, yeah, devil monkeys in West Virginia or in Virginia. Okay, my bad. Yeah. But I mean, at least it's steeped in something that you could like that could easily be some kind of like escaped monkey from like the past that's like now bred and like become like a an invasive yeah. species kind of thing. Yeah, it could be a bunch of Congo. Like, yeah, apes, exactly. But... Yeah. And, but like you know... this, like, yeah, like the black hole for a face is just like that's so like it's it's otherworldly. <laughs> yeah. Also, it kind of for some reason, like I it makes me want to like harken to like we we've talked about like the coal mining like kind of uh culture of of Appalachia yeah. and it's like it kind of almost like brought to mind it's like like cuz i mean I've, we've all we've also watched uh ghibli films um yeah. so it's like the the soot demons or the little soot spirits it's like what if that's just like it's like its face is actually not shadow it's just like this like coal soot mm-hmm. like a cloud of coal soot it's uh that it, that it uses for a face um that's kind of like again like deepening its root in Appalachia yeah. No, and then I'm just no. kind of now. Now we have a creature for whenever uh, we get the uh, old gods of Appalachia tabletop game. <laughs> the the dust. I was thinking of it treating it like um like a like a swarm. You know what I mean? Like so the oh, dust. Yeah. It descends. That would be cool. But yeah, it's excellent job on on the creature. I don't know if I can elaborate on it any more other than. Uh, I mean, th- I think the story could have went a couple of different ways and still been just as good. The way it, the way the man disappeared, was great. I think it would have been. I would have preferred it a little bit better if maybe he was betrayed by Tony to degree, and when he left, uh, like Tony was trying to kite him in to kind of take him, take himself off the list and diverge the creature's attention. I don't know. I kind of like that. Tony wasn't uh, Tony wasn't a bad guy. He was just yeah. like 
because it makes the story a little bit more tragic but like you kind of want that in a horror in a horror story mm-hmm. um i also like the idea like I, I this could either be that like he was he slept walked out there like he was in a trance because the creature had that ability maybe that's maybe that's why it licks licks you is to mm-hmm. it because it, it is able to assert some kind of control over you but then that ex- doesn't explain why uh supposedly carson was able to like op- or carson supposedly opened the door while he was sleepwalking um uh later on in the story but it's either that like either he was under some kind of influence like while sleeping or tony just went out like figured he might be safe to go out there and take a piss and then like as he's pissing off the tree line he gets grabbed yeah um but yeah it's it's very interesting it's it, it's got a it's it's a cool like again it's a good little like scene of like how the creature is like stalking him and then how it gets him yeah um and then the next thing i have here uh actually i really liked this bit of subtle for uh, foreshadowing so we get like part of the story we get like right before um uh tony starts into his story it's like rubbing the back of his knees he smiled slightly and nodded and then like goes on into the story and some of that of what happened and then we get this bit in the story to be honest i was more concerned with what it was doing it was licking me. It was licking me just behind the knee. And I was like, oh, that's such a good, subtle foreshadowing or revelation for what we heard yeah. earlier. Like he, what he was doing earlier, he was rubbing the back of his knees. He's like, why was he doing that? Like you assumed like at the time I was like, oh, maybe he's just rubbing the back of his knees because he's like, he's been walking a long time. Like that's, that that's maybe that's like what he was doing. But then like when it reveals that like the reason he was doing that was because this thing's marked him or it's like it licked him in that part. I was like, oh shit. Like that's a nice subtle bit of foreshadowing. Like th- there's clear intent in the writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. And maybe then lick, maybe licking you makes you seek out other people and pick and it brings it other targets. Oh, so. l- much like same similar to like how um he's tried you like he he knows he's like he should he should try his phone, but he hasn't in two days. Like he hasn't been able to like mentally pick up his phone and call somebody. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's obviously like, affecting you. Yeah. It's clearly under, he's under the influence of this creature. Um, yeah, no, that's because like, that was the, that was another thing is like, yeah. And then like, even similar for Carson, like now that Carson's like been marked or like it, it, this creature clearly, like when you're in proximity to it, it can, it can assert some, some kind of dominance over you for, for a period of time. If you want uh, to make in, it go, go ahead. I was in Call of Cthulhu or Call of Cthulhu D twenty. We uh, I'd have the character, the creature have uh, have dominance, <laughs> have the spell dominance, because mm-hmm. <laughs> like it makes you want to do things that may not be like uh, as long as they're not like life threatening or like not like suicidal kind of things. But like, yeah, just just walk out into the near the woods, buddy, and just like, and gotcha. <laughs> in the beginning, author, if you're listening to me, if you want to make it a little bit creepier and darker. In the beginning, mentioned that you're involved in Boy Scouts. Oh fuck! And then at the end of it, after all oh. that encounters, go well. I got to get ready for. I'm taking a bunch of scouts out on a camping trip. Uh, oh god, week. Jesus! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be so creepy. Just like the Boy Scouts or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you're just it's just you're because ch- it's got to have a mechanical benefit. I mean, the drug in it, like it could have killed both of them. 
at any moment. So it just that's the only way that I can like rationalize including something like that in is if you can use it to for what's the benefit of letting it go. You know what I mean? Other than like the thrill of the hunt, so to speak. Yeah, maybe it's just bored, but like that's not as interesting as having it have this like devious plot of like, well, this guy is like a, a, a camp counselor most of the time, or like a, like a, a scout leader most of the time or like oh, for his day job. Like I psychically know that, or I supernaturally know that because <laughs> I've like traced his mind. I probed his mind a bit. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. I love that. Um, that would definitely make the story better. <laughs> um, and the next thing I had was about the dad thing, but we talked about that earlier, which just, it made no sense. It's like, wait, like, that's why you were on the Appalachia Trail, like. All right, yeah, <laughs> like because it just says like like early like as I went back and it, was, it all was like he went on day hikes with his dad, but at no point did he say specifically like he was doing this for him until the very end. Like you need to have that at the beginning of the story, like if you're gonna, or at the very least, like maybe like even say like that's why you were doing it as a cover, but like it it makes more sense if there was like if that was brought up at the beginning of the story as well, so that we had that like reason, right? Yeah, definitely an omission that is, uh, it, it hurt it. Like, he shouldn't even mentioned his father at that point in time. Other, if he just took out, to, I'll honor dad some other way and things like that, that would have uh, been better. Yeah. Um, and then we, we have the part at the end of the story where it's like he's been marked um, and uh, the, the the creepy thing that he finds very, uh, like, so right, like, out of all of this is that, um, it went out through the through the broken window, um, or uh, what does it say here? Um, because I don't just know how it left the apartment last night. I know how it got in. When I went to the living room, <clears throat> when I went to the living room to make sure it was gone, and found the broken window, I noticed my front door. It was standing wide open. I don't remember it clearly, but I think maybe I got up early in my sleep and opened it as though I might investigate a strange noise outside or let in an old friend I'd made in the heart of the woods. And first off, I really love that this creature like has followed, like it's at this, this ending kind of adds an extra like level of like fear because like you thought you were safe when you got back to human civilization. No, no fucker. You're done. (laughs) Like it's, it followed you home. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and secondly, this action, this this ending does actually kind of correlate even more with like a lot of those spooky short films and videos and accounts I've seen on on uh, TikTok recently, where like someone opening is opening a door or opening a door to investigate something they see outside, or even just getting too close to a window that is closed, or just like just the, so they can look outside and like the person like their their friend like looks back over and say, hey, what's what uh, like or you need to stay away from the window. And then like looks over and like the, the window is now open and the, the friend is gone. Like it was just like, it's just like that. It's like within seconds, the thing took yeah. like it, it's as that extra level of like, oh no, this is actually, this could, this could be tied to like those, those Appalachian stories about like the things in the woods, like talking to you or like trying to get your attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, like a similar situation with Tony walking up to the tree line and then getting grabbed. Like he got yeah. too close to the thing, like basically got within, within reach of like the woods and got grabbed. Um, so yeah, the baby's it's crying next door. It was a nice touch. Yeah. That reference. I, I mean, I thought the story was going to end with that. 
or I thought it would end with like there's a ba- like I hear a neighbor's baby crying next door and all that. <laughs> I mean, I mentioned it to her like I guess you were up all night last night. Like it should have did it could have did something like that. And like I don't have a baby. And or, then, or even worse, he goes to like it's like goes to like knock on that door, keeps knocking. Then eventually, like he tries the door and it's open and it's a closet and there's like it's like there's no like it's like a or it's like a storage room for um for the apartment yeah <laughs> like there it's just like or or he just like it's wait a minute that's impossible there's no there's no like my 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 apartment is the uh is right at the edge of the building there's mm-hmm. there's no there's no there's no other apartment on the other side of that wall <laughs> i mean if they flesh this out a bit more they could sell this for a horror anthology easily oh yeah yeah um also while this is uh gonna be a little segment i call aberrant aside <laughs> um <laughs> i realized while reading this story that the blair witch project has a way has a whole new meaning of horror to it when yeah. i when i came to realize because in the story it mentions that the guy came all the way down from maine and i actually like went and googled up like what the apple how far the appalachian trail like went up to and yeah goes all the way up to maine and and uh or uh it goes all the, uh it goes all the way like up to maine and some of that so it's like i checked where it goes it goes past maryland and such and i realized wait the the fictional town of blair or uh the the burkittsville which was where the blair witch project was supposed to take place is like a a quick hop skipping away from the appalachian trail itself through maryland mm-hmm. like which kind of gives like the blair witch project just that much more like horror of for like potential the potential origins of what the Blair Witch creature is. Yeah. Oh, um, I didn't make that connection. Yeah, like it's just like because it may not just be like it might it might obviously the writers I think were probably going for more like the the New England witch trial stuff. Yeah. But like the fact that the the Appalachian Trail, the Appalachian Mountains do kind of go all the way up that way. It's like yeah this thing it could have easily just especially in the newer like sequel that came out in like I think 2017 or 16, whatever that 17, yeah. yeah 2016 um where like if you look at the creature you get grabbed like it it like and it's definitely like more than just a like a ghost of some witch it is something else like entirely and it's like yeah no that they're def i feel like maybe the newer like filmmakers were definitely like leaning into some more of the appalachian stuff in that um yeah. potentially mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it added like reading the story i was like wait because I'm a I'm a huge fan of the Blair Witch Project movies, and I was just like, wait. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that's that's my actual thoughts. So, um, do you, do you have anything else, uh, Adam? I don't believe so. I, you know, like I said, I'm very pleasantly surprised on this, uh, and you know, barring a few complaints that I had earlier, like I said, if uh, you flesh it out and put a, another good, you know six, seven pages to it and all that, I think it would be great enough for an, an anthology of some sort you could sell it to or get published, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely got um a lot of legs here to to stand on. Too many legs, one might say. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh God, it's coming at us. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I... It was a really cool, creepy little story, and it seems to encapsulate the spookiness that I've been hearing about and reading about for Appalachia yeah. uh, and, and more broadly, just like things in the woods we ought not encounter. Like, 
again, my my motto when it comes to forests, the woods be scary, yo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a reason we don't live in them anymore. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, would hella recommend the story. Uh, I also think I now have a new website to like read creepypastas from. Um, because like, if this is any indication of like the the quality of the creepypastas from that that site, uh, I think I'm in for a good time. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear we haven't hit creep uh, peak creepypasta yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I assume yeah your 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 opinion of the story hasn't changed. <laughs> no, not at all. If if anything, you know, as we were discussing, I think it's improved even more. All right. Um, that I think will do it for this week's episode. Um, so if you like what you heard, or if you didn't, leave us a comment in the comment section below where this gets posted, whether it be on Podbean, Facebook, YouTube, or Tumblr. Uh, we're all on Twitter, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam, where where can people find you on Twitter? <laughs> oh, we are at at uh, RP Exchange. Uh, also, I mentioned beforehand, I'm with the Real Point Exchange. It's a, Honestly, it's a podcast that just keeps a gaming group together. Essentially, we uh, start out doing, you know, talky episodes about role-playing games. We do actual plays, you know. There's not a lot of those out in the internet, are there? And uh, recently, we've started doing, like, a character creation segment on our show that you've made it on. You've been on two of the four or five episodes we've recorded so far that uh, I call RPX Roll Up, where we... Uh, go through character creation for the games that we have on our bookshelves that just sit there unloved and we're trying to give them some love. But uh, yeah, you can also, I mean, we got Facebook, but I'll be honest with you, I don't, I, I'm not as diligent on it, unfortunately, but we're at facebook.com slash the real point exchange. And yep, yeah, you can have on pretty much all of our podcasts, you can hear <laughs> all of us. If that makes sense. Like we're, we, we, uh, we appear on each other's shows quite often. Yeah. Um, and, um, I'm at review cultist on Twitter. Um, if you'd like to send us emails, you can go to al dente rigamortis at gmail.com. That's a L D E N T E R I G A M O R T S at gmail.com. We can also leave us suggestions for other creepypastas, spooky things, SCPs. You creep it. We'll peep it. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Uh thank uh Gamer in Yellow for that motto, <laughs> that new slogan. <laughs> um and if you'd like to help support our show financially, you can go to Patreon, look up Aldente Rigamortis and select the package here you'd like to support us at. We have two dollar and five dollar tier with special episodes, early access, extra content. To our patrons that are helping support the show, thank you immensely. You're helping keep those hosting bills at bay. And as always, we very much appreciate that. And to our listeners and the authors of these stories, thank you immensely. Because without your listenership, it'd be like screaming into the void. The void of some Appalachian eldritch horror's face. <laughs> With too many teeth. <laughs> Who many goddamn teeth. <laughs> and to Brandon Faircloth uh, and creepoststories.com. If you didn't write these stories and post them on the, on the website and to share with, with people online, we really wouldn't have much of a show because we'd have nothing to talk about. So thank you. And Adam, thank you for coming on here and and diving back into uh some Appalachian horror folklore uh with a creep pasta that is connected to that to such a thing. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. It's been a blast.
Until next time, I have been your host, Review Cultist. And I'm Adam. And this has been Aldente Rigamortis. Sleep well. Cue baby crying. Mm-hmm.